Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome into the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky, and I'm sure you are shocked by the news today that Ole Miss will not be playing on Friday in the Coral Gables Regional. Uh, And, you know, they rescheduled the game for Saturday, and you can go ahead and make your Saturday plans, get your honey-do list prepared, uh, take the kid to the park, whatever you got to do, whatever you want to do tomorrow, you can go ahead and do it because it does not appear that they're going to be playing tomorrow either because I don't know if you guys knew this, but if you have access to a cell phone or Google or any of the various weather apps that exist, you knew that a tropical system of some kind was headed directly towards the southern part of Florida with Miami being in the dead center and scheduling baseball games for today in Miami was... It just was an exercise in futility. It wasn't going to happen. So no old Miss game today. Again, I really doubt that they're going to be playing tomorrow. If they're able to get a game in tomorrow based on the Google search that I just did that is sitting in front of me right now, there's a very slim chance that they could possibly play one game tomorrow. But that's all depending on the field conditions. I mean, that's the next layer to this. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. So we'll talk about that. I'll give you a quick little thought on Arizona, and then you'll hear uh, from Brad Henderson, the all-time hits leader at Ole Miss. Uh, He did an interview with Richard, and I'm going to bring that uh, to you on this podcast feed because I know there's not a whole lot of crossover audience, and and I do think that you guys will enjoy it. Brad is uh, just really great. You know, He's one of the good ones for sure. He's very, very easy uh, to like, no doubt. So uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, just a conversation from Brad Henderson from Miami. He checked in with Richard from uh, South Beach. Well, I, I guess Coral Gables is not South Beach. Whatever. He's there with the team uh, to do the radio broadcast, obviously. And that's a good conversation. He's very likable, and I think you'll enjoy it. So I'll bring that to you as well. But for now, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the app is probably already on your phone, so pull up that podcast app, search Rebel Report, and subscribe there. Also follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Same name, Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. It's the worst name in the world. You'll never hear it anywhere else, so it's easy to find Again, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the Facebook page. Follow on Twitter, whichever platform that you use. You can find me there. And the podcast is brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University right there in Oxford. If you're going to be watching baseball whenever it actually happens this weekend, you're probably going to be cooking with meat. At least I hope so because the weather in Oxford this weekend is a complete contrast to that of Miami in a good way, which – it's probably not something you say a whole lot, but beautiful weather expected in Mississippi this weekend. You're gonna watch your gonna want to watch your baseball, maybe you know the NBA finals or NHL. You're gonna be cooking with meat, and you got to get that started at LB's again, just across from Kroger and University. It's the best place in the state to get your meat. They've also got daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday, but on top of that, on top of the best meat selection in the area. 
they've got good sides, and if you need some advice, they'll help you out there as well. So tell Greg that I sent you to LB's just across from Kroger on University. And also the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website if you are located anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you are in the market for office technology from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security and phone systems and anything that is technology in the office. ABSMS.com is the website. You tell them I sent you, they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you. ABSMS.com. So anybody with half a brain knew uh, that this was coming this weekend. Uh, again, if you had access to any of the weather apps, you could have predicted this outcome today. And the, the thing I've seen a lot from, from Ole Miss fans is, well, why didn't they move it? Why didn't they, they? Why didn't they change venues? Why didn't they move it? Well, first of all, that question is implying that you actually believe the NCAA to be a proactive and forward-thinking organization. That's number one. When you say, "Why didn't they move it?" Oh, they should have moved it. Well, that would require the NCAA again to be forward-thinking and pragmatic, and uh, a competent organization. That's number one. But number two, they're seemingly going to be able to get the baseball games in this weekend. And most importantly, Miami did earn the right to host the regional at their ballpark. So every measure, every reasonable measure should be exercised to make sure that they will host the regional in their home ballpark. Let's be honest. If the same thing was happening here, if there was a tropical system that came up through the Gulf right up Mississippi and was impacting Oxford this weekend, I would sit here and argue that they should not move it. That's that's the argument that I would be making to you right now is no, hell no, they shouldn't move the regional. Ole Miss earned the right to host the regional in Oxford. They should do everything they possibly can to make it happen at Swayze Field because they earned that right to host the regional there. And if there's a, a window where they could possibly play, that's enough to try to make it happen. And I've also seen some people say that, oh, well, Miami has no say, that they should have moved it and there's nothing Miami can do about it. They kind of do. They kind of do. Uh, They they absolutely have input in the decisions. Now, the NCAA is the final decision maker. They're the ones that put the tournament on. But they absolutely do have some sort of say. And again, if roles were different, if we were talking about the Oxford Regional – I would be telling Mike Bianco and Keith Carter, they would do this already, I assume, but I would be here telling you that they should raise hell. No, we're not moving it. No, we're not going to Memphis or Shreveport or wherever the hell. Jackson, Pearl, Biloxi, no, we're not moving it because we earned it. It's going to stay right here. And, you know, it probably would have worked just like it has in Miami. So the NCAA is not forward-thinking enough to move things anyway, but there is a chance. Um, there absolutely is a chance to play baseball this weekend. There appears to be windows where they can get this thing in, which is enough for them to try to do it in Miami's home ballpark because they deserve to play the regional in the place that they spent all season working towards hosting a regional in. 
We'll see, though. I, I mean, tomorrow is going to be a, a washout as well. Uh, field conditions are something that, that has now become a story because it looks like Sunday the weather should be out of there enough to play some baseball. Same thing with Monday, and they can play games uh, on Tuesday if need be. It looks like there's going to be the chance to play. But I do wonder, you know, Sunday, what's the field going to be like after a tropical system came through? That is, uh, that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. Uh, as this goes on, but it appears that there's windows to play. They're not going to move this thing. Uh, they they would more likely send Miami on without playing games than move the game somewhere else. Um, trust me on that one. So hope the, the system gets out and that they can play because I promise you the NCAA would be perfectly fine just sending Miami on. Ask me how I know. Um, anyway. So Ole Miss, whenever they do play, are going to be playing Arizona, and they're going to be uh, facing up against a pitcher that they saw and showed last year, Garrett Irvin, the lefty. Uh, he's a little lefty uh, in the uh, the baseball term, the, the pitching backwards thing. Apparently that's what he does. Uh, you know, different guy than what Ole Miss saw in the Super Regional last year. Very different guy, but they did shell him a year ago. Um, you know, he's six foot, like 185. A little lefty pitches backwards, uh, won't really work a fastball into the 90s that often. Throw will throw a lot of breaking stuff at Ole Miss. Uh, for what it's worth, he's five and four on the season. He's got a 3.22 ERA, uh, just under a 120 whip, um, 62 strikeouts to 29 walks and 90 inning or 89, excuse me, innings pitched. Uh, so he'll fill up the zone. He won't give many free bases. He will pitch backwards. He's one of those. Uh, one of those guys that in, in years past, it's a little bit different. He's He's got better stuff than what you've seen like in these weird midweek games where some guy that's throwing 75 from the left side give Ole Miss, gives Ole Miss fits. It's not like that. His stuff is better uh, or more consistent to what they're used to than that. But he is a little lefty. Uh, that's going to throw a lot of junk at Ole Miss. And whenever the game actually does happen, which, again, I have no idea when it will, whenever that game does happen – we will uh, we'll see Delusia versus uh, Irvin from Arizona. Um, they've got a handful of pretty good bats. It's not the Arizona team from a year ago at the plate, not even close, but they still have a few guys that, uh, like Suzak, for example, their best hitter hits 367 on the season. He's got 12 bombs, uh, 94 hits to just 48 Ks, 61 RBIs. Uh, Tanro Tremba is their next best hitter. He's Got a 351 average with 10 bombs. Uh, you've got another guy on the roster with 16 home runs. That's Chase Davis. So uh, a handful of guys uh, that are productive hitters, power hitters still in this Arizona lineup. They they do hit the ball well. But it's a beatable team for sure. I mean, you, you've already seen what Ole Miss can do against Irvin. It's largely the same batters for Ole Miss against him. Again, it, different circumstances, I know. But – They've seen the guy before, and you've seen what they can do against the guy before. And this is an Arizona team that um, is so Jekyll and Hyde, I mean, in a kind of similar way to to Ole Miss, for example. The, their last few weeks of the season, they, they lost two of three to Southern Cal, not a very good Southern Cal team. Then they turn around and beat Oregon State twice, and then they turn around and went to Oregon and got swept. Those are the last three weeks of the season, and then they went 2-2 two and two in the Pac-12 tournament. They beat Oregon and Arizona State and lost to Stanford twice. So it's uh, it's up and down and up and down for Arizona, but long story short, 
They've got a handful of guys that can really mash. Um, they've got a, a pitcher that's going to fill up the zone with a lot of junk. And it, it's certainly, uh, when you look at it, a team that Ole Miss uh, can beat. They, they really can. They, they certainly can beat Arizona whenever, you know, whenever that game actually uh, gets played. So we will see when that happens. My guess is Sunday, if I had to guess. But it is obviously definitely not today. So for more on uh, this regional and the scene in Miami and other things, here's that conversation now, Richard, with uh, Brad Henderson. It's really good stuff. Again, Brad's easy to root for, very, very likable. And um, he joined Richard from from Miami. So here's that interview now, and that will end the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will be back with a recap of Game 1 whenever that happens. I'll uh, see you then and enjoy this conversation with Brad. Hindu. I, I'm not. I'm actually going to hop on the bus with the team. We're going to go to dinner here in about an hour and uh, enjoy the dry weather while it's while it's still here. Okay. So that has been the story, right? The the weather has been the story for the Coral Gables Regional. How much optimism is there that Ole Miss is actually going to play baseball tomorrow, even with the adjusted schedule? Yeah, I, I I don't see it, um, and I hope I'm wrong. I, I hope I hope we get back on schedule or at least uh, everyone gets the first game in tomorrow. But uh, I've, I've continuously updated my my weather app, and uh, it's pretty much still saying 85 to 95 percent, pretty much the whole day, starting about seven o'clock in the morning. So, it, you know, uh, they they made that decision to move the games up, but I, I'll be. Personally, I'll be shocked if uh, if we see the field tomorrow. All right, so the, the forecast looks bad, and the fact that you can't play on the rain is one thing, but what about that field? I've heard people say that it doesn't drain particularly well, and maybe that's as much a function of anything as you don't deal with a ton of heavy rain issues during the spring in, in Miami. I mean, they get thunderstorms that come and go, but if they get in South Florida four, five, six, seven inches of rain over the course of 48 hours, what's that going to do to the playing surface? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Now, I will say we did practice today. All four teams practiced today, had about an hour, hour and a half workout, and ours was at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, and Miami got a lot of rain last night. Uh, in fact, our plane in, we had to circle over the ocean for two extra hours before we could even land because of the thunderstorms in Miami. Uh, and so they had some heavy rainfall last night, and the field was fine today uh, when we went. So hopefully that will not be an issue, and we'll just have to play it by ear, you know. But they are calling from, you know, any, anywhere you read, three to three to five inches possibly. So, you know, we'll see what the, the tropical storm, we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be the same for all four teams. So you just kind of just, you know, when, when your number's called, you got to be ready to go. You, you've been on a bunch of flights through the years. Was it disconcerting to just be circling over the ocean for that <laughs> well, on the On the plane we were on, you have a little monitor in front of you, and you can click the button, flight tracker. And we just stay, we would get right close to the land and then it would just turn right back around and go right back over the ocean and the guy would come on the intercom the pilot and say all right well we sh- we should know something about 15 or 20 minutes on on getting back into miami and he'd come back on and he'd say well it's going to be another 30 minutes and it just kept going on 
but to say the least, two hours later when he said we were cleared to land, uh, there was a, a, uh, a an ovation for the pilot that we were finally going to uh, land in Miami. But, you know, Miami had uh, – I'm sorry, Arizona had the same issue. They chartered from uh, from Tucson straight into Miami, couldn't land because of the same thunderstorm, circled for a while, had to land in Fort Myers and bus over uh, because they were going to run out of fuel. So, you know, <laughs> it's been a challenge for all the teams. So, uh, obviously, that's not an excuse. But it was a long day yesterday, and that's why you come – two days earlier to get it out of your system and get a practice in on the day before and get ready to go for the tournament. All right, so a little bit of an opportunity for a reset for Ole Miss. They they have that stretch where they play so well against Missouri, Southern Miss, and LSU. They lose two out of three to Texas A&M in the final weekend of the regular season and then get bounced in uh, in one game in Hoover uh, at the SEC tournament. What's the, what's the vibe around this team? What's the mood? Are they looking at this as kind of a new season and an opportunity to, to hit that reset button? They are. It was a good vibe today at the workout. Uh, I even went to the press conference afterwards, and uh, Tim Elko and Dylan Delucia were, were, were talking with Coach V as well. And, you know, I, I think that the reset was just simply uh, getting the call on Monday. You know, they got another opportunity to start the postseason, and, uh, you know, they, they were excited about that, and they were asked a lot of questions about revenge and rematch against Arizona. And, uh, you know, they answered it correctly. Hey, this is another opportunity. It doesn't have really anything to do with Arizona or Miami. It's just a chance for us to hopefully play well and, and further the postseason. Let's talk about the field just for a second, Brad. So Miami sure. obviously is the number one seed, and they're a national seed, a top eight. And then you got Arizona as the two, Ole Miss is the three, and Canisius as the four. We don't necessarily have to focus on Canisius other than – if you're an Ole Miss fan, you'd love to see uh, an upset and Miami get a loss early. But an Arizona team that in a lot of ways Ole Miss is familiar, right? Played them in the Super Regional. But it's an Arizona team that looks a lot different than the team that Ole Miss faced a year ago. As you've looked at this Arizona team and kind of gotten ready for the Regional, what stands out for you? Well, you're right. I mean, obviously, Jay Johnson left for LSU and, and took arguably his, you know, his best player in Jacob Berry and one of his best relievers. Uh, there's still a few familiar names. I, as I've been reading over, I know Daniel Susak was named All-American. He's leading them in hitting. Uh, they've got three guys that can really hit uh, for power. Uh, they're hitting 288 as a team. Um, I think the thing that stands out is that they will strike out a lot. Um, but it's going to be a, a – to, to be honest, it's going to be a similar team to who we saw last year, minus a couple really good hitters, which probably means I don't want to take anything away from them this year. They're 37 and 23, but uh, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Now, obviously, anybody can get hot, but we're going to see a, a, a guy in Garrett Irvin who we faced last year in game two, and we hit him extremely well. So it's a familiar left-handed arm on the mound that we've seen before. He's not an overpowering guy. His numbers are good. Uh, but but I think that helps as well, having some familiarity uh, with the same guy. But yeah, it, it'll be a well coached team. They you know they went sixteen and fourteen in their league this year, so you know the numbers nothing really stands out. Uh, I just think they're going to be solid, and and I think it's two really similar teams, and I really do think it's going to just simply come down to who plays better baseball uh, when when we do get that opportunity. Brad, you and I have talked about this with each other. I don't know if we've talked about it on the air. You look at this Ole Miss team, and normally when you think of a good hitting team, 
you think of a team that handles the fastball, and, and they are looking for fastballs, they're looking for fastball counts and then taking advantage. And Ole Miss has hit its share of fastballs throughout the course of the year. There's no question about that. But this team seems to be maybe a little bit better in handling the breaking ball than some teams and handles the breaking ball maybe better than they do a fastball that's got really good life on it. Yeah, I, I, and I, I definitely think they do. Now, I haven't looked at, at the splits on it, uh, but this team, to me, watching them as many games as I've seen them this year, we do hit the breaking ball better. I don't know why that is, um, but we've been a better breaking ball team hit, hitting team this year uh, than we have in the past. And you're right. We haven't hit the fastball as well as we've hit the breaking ball. And, and you know, reading over the scouting report on Irvin, uh, he's a mixed guy, you know, uh, most guys we see are 60 to 70% fastballs in certain counts. and He's not. He's under 50% on fastballs. And obviously we'll know that. The hitters will know that going into this. Uh, but I think that favors us. You know, I think they're throwing him because he's, you know, he started 15 games for him, you know, started on every weekend. His numbers are by far the best. And, and we're left-handed heavy as well. But, uh, you know, I really like the matchup uh, against Garrett Irvin uh, if we stick to that plan because we're going to see a lot of off-speeds. The left-handers are going to see, you know, uh, sliders and, and, and curveballs, and right-handers are going to see uh, those slow curveballs and, and change-ups. So we, I hope the trend continues for us because we've, we've hit them well all, all season long. All right, Brad, last thing for you. Um, Ole Miss could have slept a whole lot better if they had gotten another a, a win, period, certainly a couple of wins in Hoover at the SEC tournament. But knowing now what you know, that – the Rebels got in, we're going to get in. Is there a scenario where it works out in Ole Miss's favor that, that they lost on Tuesday and have had some time to rest specifically for Dylan DeLucia, who's going to go in game one? Well, certainly now at this point, now, now that we're in, I, I think that obviously because uh, we weren't going to be a one seed anyway, so it doesn't really matter on the 2-3 seed because uh, you're going to play each other anyway. So, yes, I, I do think the extra three or four days rest, uh, not only for Dylan, who's thrown a lot of innings the past month or two, uh, but for a guy like Hunter Elliott and, and Mason Nichols, who, you know, in high school probably only threw, you know, 40, 40 innings, you know, uh, yeah. 30 innings. And, and now, you know, you're talking guys getting up 60, 70 innings as a high school guy. So they, by the end of the season, those guys tend to be running on fumes. And so uh, I think the extra break certainly – will help those guys uh, as well as as Dylan. But uh, like I said, uh, I had a chance to, to talk to Dylan today, and he, he was certainly ready to go. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.